0: Hello and welcome back to Season 3 of the Business of Show Business podcast with me, your host, Jamie Boddy. Unpacking the skills needed for the entertainment and creative industries and celebrating those already in them. We are on Episode 4 of Season 3 and I am flying solo today as I tackle rejection, imposter syndrome and how to stand out in a crowd. This topic is something that almost all creatives and freelancers experience at some point in their career. I would go as fast to as say everyone experiences this. But you never know, there might be that odd person out there that has been lucky enough to not experience any of those. I wanted to dive into this subject because 2020 and 2021 probably have not gone according to anyone's plan. I'm sure if we were to rewind to 2015 or 2016 and we said to someone, what is your five year plan? No one probably thought that they would end off their five year goal session with a pandemic. I know for those in the entertainment industry, it has kind of put their careers on hold. For some people it was just a long pause and for some people it made them re-evaluate and pivot careers or have to stop because of the pandemic and they needed to make money and they are now pursuing something else. It has stopped people from following their passions, it has stopped some people even from going to university or musical theatre college or graphic school and it stopped them from studying what they love. Lately, I've been working with clients on helping them to build their resilience and to see their internal resources and how they can learn from what they deem as a failure or even what is failure. I'm going to be splitting this solo episode up into three little mini sections. One on rejection, one on imposter syndrome and one on how to stand out in a crowd. So let's get on with the first one, rejection. So I want to start this section off with the statement that I've said before, but there is no failure only feedback. We can learn from what doesn't quite land or what doesn't work. If I was to put on my marketing hat, we learn from data, why a post or campaign didn't perform well or why it performed above our benchmarks. Why did it really hit home? As creatives, we are quite often so in what we do that we stop ourselves from seeing the bigger picture or stop ourselves from learning from every opportunity. You can't read the label from inside the bottle. We compare our insides and how we feel internally to someone's outside and how they come across online. We compare our day-to-day with someone's Instagram main feed, or we compare our backstage and all of our hard work with someone's on stage performance. As Lisa Douglas said in season two, rejection is just you being redirected. For those who perform, you are no stranger to nerves. You feel those quite regularly, whether it's at an audition or on stage. But for other people, it could be you are going for a job interview, you're pitching to a new client, you're on the phone to a new potential client, And there are two ways I look at nerves. So first of all, there's a fight or flight. And this is a good thing. Like if you're too close to the edge, your nerves will kick in, you'll step back, it stops you from going to that point of danger. And that adds that sense of protection. But when it comes to an audition or a pitch, presenting on stage, taking on a new client, we have those nerves because we are pushing our boundaries. We are pushing the boundaries of our comfort zone. What we really want is just outside of our comfort zone. So, what we need or what we want is just on the other side of those nerves or that fear. How lucky are we that we love something so much that we can get that excited and have that nervous energy? Fear and nerves can be a key to say that we are onto the right thing. Why don't we lean into this as it will give us that adrenaline or that spark, or it will help us know that we are onto the right decision, we are on the right journey. Instead of turning away and walking away from it, if we lean into that nerves or that fear, it can actually help us get to where we want to be. Rejection doesn't always have to be a negative. I can list quite a few jobs that come from me not actually getting that role or that client at that time. It could have been I met someone in the waiting room of that audition who told me about another audition that was actually much better for me that I went on to secure. It could have been that I pitched to clients where in that moment I wasn't right for that project. However, a couple of months later, they had a better project that was more suited to my skills. Not everything we lose is a loss. Don't get me wrong, it can still hurt when you don't get that job or that client or that promotion. And we have to feel what we are feeling so we can move on and learn from it. There may be times when we lapse back into that feeling and that's okay, but just don't let it stop you from achieving your full potential. So here are some quick coping mechanisms to help with rejection. The first is set yourself a dwell window. And what I mean by that is I give myself a window, a time frame to really feel how I'm feeling. So if I didn't get that audition or I didn't land that client, your article didn't get picked up for publication, feel what you are feeling, you are meant to feel it. However, give yourself some parameters so it doesn't bleed into your whole day, your week or your month. There may be times once you're pushed through that you slip back into that, but that's fine. The recovery time each time will start getting less and less. The second is to try and look at it as data. What did you wear to that audition? What song did you sing? What links did you have in your pitch to that client? What examples did you give in that interview? What did or didn't work? If you can look at a situation as data, it can help you remove some of those raw emotions. And the last is i won't go into it too much in this podcast but it's knowing what you have to offer what is your brand what are your products and who is your ideal client you can start trying to reduce those levels of rejection when you actually know who you're applying for and are you putting your best foot forward but sometimes when you apply a scattergun approach and you just kind of send your cv everywhere or you try and interview with everyone actually that's not always the best thing to do because there might be a lot of people there don't align with your values your brand or don't need your product Moving on to section two of the solo episode is imposter syndrome. So for me, imposter syndrome is a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist. And they persist even when there are signs to point that that event or that content or that situation were a success. It could be signs such as self-doubt and self-sabotage that you don't feel that you belong in that room. So you don't belong in that audition for that musical. You don't belong in that pitch to get that six-figure client. Another sign is you could diminish your successes and your achievements, and quite often you might highlight the challenges and difficulties, rather than actually taking the time to pat yourself in the back. And then also a lack of confidence, and that you feel that others are better than you. I can speak firsthand, especially when I was performing more, that imposter syndrome would quite often creep into some of my auditions. I was not a strong singer, I was a strong dancer, and I used to look at auditions like, oh gosh, if I get through this dance round, I'm gonna have to sing, that person's a better singer than me. I've not got that credit. And it wasn't until later in my career when I flipped that and thinking, actually, if I've got through the dance round, it's because they want me, and the singing is the cherry on the cake, whatever analogy you want. So, where does imposter syndrome come from? How does it happen? There's lots of factors. It could be that you have a limiting belief. So that belief that stops you from achieving what you want or it stop it makes you think that you're not able to achieve it. It's that lack of self-esteem or confidence. Childhood influences the way our model of the world is quite often... Um, From a lot of our childhood experiences There's lots of science in it So I won't try and pretend I'm a scientist But I know there's studies that say That you absorb quite a lot of your model of the world Up until the age of seven So it could be if your parents have this impression That of scarcity when it comes to money Money doesn't grow trees. You won't get that unless you're good That can ingrain into who you are as an adult And the fact that you don't see your monetary value In what you do And that therefore might hinder you Going for a job for more money Or undercharging and undervaluing your skills And actually putting your services at a lower price point. And that's just one example. Also your environment, so that's where you live, where you work, who you surround yourself with, that can really impact on this imposter syndrome. And there's also just having a general fear of rejection. As creatives, we do fear rejection. What if it doesn't happen? What if I don't get that audition? What if they laugh? But then also we can have a fear of success, like if I get that job, when will the next one be? How long will it last? And it's this idea of you're only as good as your last job can also impact your imposter syndrome and that fear of rejection. It's not a quick fix, like you can't just snap your fingers every time you're in that mood. But here are some quick hacks or tips that I feel help myself or help clients in the past. The first is, can you get feedback? So quite often as creatives and freelancers, you are working by yourself. Even though you could be in a class, you are working on yourself. If you are in marketing, graphic design, photography, whatever it is, when you're not forward facing with a client, you're at home working on that campaign, you might not get feedback. And therefore it kind of fuels this imposter syndrome of I'm not good enough, my product is not good enough. So can you get feedback? Again, in an audition, if you get cut first round, you probably can't get feedback. But if you've made it several steps down the way, ask your agent if they can get feedback from that casting director so you can learn. If you've got quite far in an interview process, not secure the job. Ask for feedback. What can you learn from that and find out what they did like. It could be you get feedback from your peers or a mentor or a coach. It doesn't always have to be from an employer. Write a list of your achievements and celebrations. Practicing gratification. Thinking, start off small, think two or three things you've achieved this week that have been many celebrations. And then get bigger and bigger. And then look at the goalposts of the benchmarks over your career that you've achieved that new qualification, that show, that connection to get to where you are. And level one, it sounds simple, but what is the worst that can happen? And I like. Sometimes people say this as a throwaway comment, but actually if you think, right okay let me sit down, what is the worst that could actually happen? I go to this audition, I get cut after 15 minutes, that's sad, but I've got my whole day free, I can see my friends at the audition. It could be that you've applied for a job, you spend hours on the application, and you're worrying and you're fueling something outside of your control, all you can do is control, is send in your application. So what is the worst that can happen? And I want to wrap up this section on imposter syndrome up with when you worry about what they think or they will laugh at me or they won't get it, what someone else thinks about you is none of your business. Stop giving power to something out of your control. You can only control yourself in that situation and don't worry about what others may or may not think or may say behind closed doors. That's none of your business. And now I'm moving on to the last section of this podcast and that is standing out in a crowd. So those in the creative industry, singer, dancer, actor, presenter, you could often be in a room with your direct competition. Even if you are in the creative industries but more so in the marketing, photography, graphic design, whatever it is, you may see people going in and out of a pitch or an interview as you come or go. So we know there are other people in the mix. But the more people that there are in your industry drives more traffic to it, drives more demand. We briefly touched on this in episode two of season three with Raffaella Covino from Applause for Thought, and we spoke about if there's only one person that did what they do, it would get quite boring. If there was only one actor, one graphic designer, one marketer, one audience member, it's just going to be boring, beige, bland. The more people there are, yes, it's competition, it can ruffle your feathers. Obviously, we won't go into this in this subject, if people steal what you do and there's copyright, that's a whole other thing, but... If there's people in a similar field that drives more demand to it and also you can learn from that what I would suggest when it comes to this though is looking at what makes you unique you are an expert on you there may be a lot of people in your casting bracket but what do you have that's different to the person next to you that is that extra little spark that extra little nugget that that casting director producer agent choreographer will want It could be that you play an extra instrument. It could be that you speak another language and you'll be a great company manager on tour. It could be actually that you have a different agent who has a fantastic relationship with that casting director. It could be that you are known for being bubbly and on time and that you pick up and retain choreography If you're more on the other side of the desk as a creative, so again, going back to if you are in arts marketing, if you're a coach, if you're a mentor, if you're a journalist, it could be that you have an extensive list of contacts that is exclusive to you. It could be that you know how to use the new cutting edge software to edit videos. It could be a multitude of things that make you unique and sometimes you don't realise your additional skills can actually help you in your main career path. Also, use the existing people in your marketplace, so your competitors or the people who are in your industry, to see what skills, services and products they do sell, and also what they don't offer. And also seek a coach or mentor, someone who can help you get to the next level. Someone that can help you, not skip a couple steps, but someone that can help you understand the next step so you get from A to B a lot quicker. No one will understand you until you know yourself. So take the time to drill down into your brand, your business, what you have to offer, your skills and what you want, what are your goals? So then you feel confident when you rub shoulders with your peers. That's it. I'm not going to rattle on anymore because I could keep talking about these subjects forever. If anything in this episode has spiked your interest or you want to know more, you can email me at info at and we can discuss more. Or we can book you in for a consultation where we can look at overcoming your limiting beliefs. We can look at your brand and how to monetize your side hustle, whatever it is. Do reach out. Also, if you have enjoyed the episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or your podcast streaming platform to leave a review. So thank you so much for listening today. Have an amazing week. Now I'll be back next week with another episode.